0: For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
1: Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes author and attorney roberta grimes will explore and illustrate how she after an extraordinary experience of light and childhood has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives please welcome the host of seek reality roberta grimes
2: oh my dear friends welcome to seek reality i'm roberta grimes and i'm thrilled to have you with us today One of the wonderful enigmas in the field of afterlife research is near-death experiences. People often ask me about NDEs, but frankly, uh, that's an area where I'm not an expert. I know enough to be dangerous. But because these experiences are so vivid and they often are so life-transforming, most NDEers are really confident that they actually have been dead and come alive again. They've been to the afterlife and come back. However, those who have completed their journeys and are speaking to us from what we call the afterlife are pretty universally insistent that death has to be a one-way trip. The silver cord breaks and that's that. They say that NDEs take place in afterlife mimic areas of the gigantic astral planes in areas where we often go to meet with our departed loved ones while our bodies sleep. You don't realize, but you do go while your body is asleep and meet with people that you love that you used to think were dead. Now, they offer as evidence the fact that often in a more extensive NDE, people will get to a place and they'll be told, if you keep going, you will be dead. You won't be able to go back. And that essentially means they've reached the edge where the afterlife areas begin. But, you know, I've come to believe that the dead are probably right. They tend to be right. But... Um, Even though NDEs may or may not involve actual death, they are extraordinary experiences, and they remain our surest proof that the mind exists easily apart from our bodies. And they're proof as well of the wonderfully loving and beneficent nature of the greater reality. Um, I'm actually less dogmatic about arguing whether or not NDEs are actual death, and I'm really a lot more interested now in trying to plumb all that they mean. Our guest today was with us two years ago to talk about NDEs in more general terms. Dr. Roy L. Hill is a clinical psychologist, and he's written two books on near-death experiences, Psychology and the Near-Death Experience, and more recently, Jesus and the Near-Death Experience. Roy believes that NDEs can be used to tell us a lot about death and the afterlife, so as you'll see, he and I don't always completely agree we're coming at the same topic from two different areas altogether of evidence but what's amazing to me is how often we really have come to the same conclusions that's one of the great things about doing this work it almost doesn't matter how you approach it the evidence all leads us to the same place I think, actually, that it's looking at the similarities and differences among all the different kinds of evidence that really helps us better understand what's going on. So um, I really admire Roy's work, and uh, I think you will, too. I think you'll enjoy him. He's here to talk to us about Jesus, which, as you know, is one of my favorite topics. Roy, welcome. I am so glad you're here.
3: Thank you so much, Roberta. It's great being here with you tonight.
2: Now, are you— Tell us first how you got started in this. I mean, you and I have had this talk before, but some people who haven't heard you before um, on Seek Reality would be curious to know what got you interested in researching NDEs.
3: Well, I actually had a spiritually transformative experience involving an inmate. Um, I worked as a psychologist in the Federal Bureau of Prisons, and um, I had an inmate whose sister had passed away And uh, he became very depressed, had command hallucinations to hurt himself. So he was placed on suicide watch. Wow. Yeah. And uh, a few days, uh, he wasn't really any improvement. And then he suddenly got better and asked him why. And he said that his sister was talking to him. I thought, oh, boy, more of the psychosis. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But uh, interestingly, though, he said that the sister was telling him that, everything was going to be okay that she was allowed to be there with him during this time and, uh, to help him and that he didn't need to be wasting his time on suicide watch that he had important mission and so forth and so on. I thought to myself, auditory hallucinations are usually very cryptic and all right. always very negative. Yes. So this doesn't sound like a uh, psychosis to me because his mental status was, um, you know, uh, better. I took him off suicide watch and knew the observations of the unit officer and I saw him the next day. And I asked him, is your sister still talking to you? He said, yes. I said, well, what is she telling you? She's saying, well, you don't believe me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I thought, wow, that's that's pretty pretty amazing stuff. And I haven't really been around anything like this. So my uh, hair was standing up and, uh, you know, goosebumps on my arms. And I says, well, what is she telling you? He said, quarter. I said, quarter, what does that mean? Like quarter of the coin or quarter of something full? He he said, quarter of the coin.
2: This is a moment when we need to take a break. So, everyone, we're about to find out what she meant by quarter. This is Roberta Grimes on Seek Reality with Dr. Roy Hill, who's a friend of mine with whom I often don't don't agree, but on the other hand, I, I still love everything he says. We'll be right back.
1: I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.HolisticCancerFoundation.com.
4: Is it science or is it magic? Once a magical thing has been scientifically proven, is it no longer magic? Or is magic simply the science of tomorrow? Join me, Gwilda Wiaka, on the Science of Magic, a syndicated radio program dedicated to combining the science and magic of today's dynamic and controversial topics to co-create new solutions. By triangulating information from today's leading experts from the scientific and magical fields, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truths you won't find anywhere else. Join us daily on the ExON Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview the shared thoughts with the amazing guests from both science and magic. The resulting knowledge is unprecedented. As a gift to you, the listener, past episodes can be accessed on our website, free of charge at thescienceofmagic.net.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality. This is Roberta Grimes, and I'm talking with Roy Hill, and we, we, we stopped at a very pregnant moment. Uh, someone he thought had been mentally ill and was actually hearing from his sister. Uh, when he asked this fellow what his sister said, he said quarter. And continue from there. He said, it's the coin, quarter. Now, what did he mean by that?
3: Well, I had no idea, neither did he. <laughs> but interestingly, after he left, another inmate had come in and he was a white Muslim had nothing to do with the first inmate. And he was talking about the hypocrisy of the United States and kinda of rambling on and it was half listening when he said, Doctor Hill, you know what's written on a quarter? I said, oh. in God we trust He goes, That's right. And it oh, him. Oh Nobody but had asked me that question that. prior or since. No.
2: And and what an obscure and interesting way to get to that. Wow. Absolutely. That's
3: Wonderful. I love that. That's, that's neat. And so I brought the other guy back in and then, and told him what, what happened, and he seemed surprised. I said, did your sister tell you anything else? He said, yes. Uh, he said that you uh, are going to have a son. He'll be um, you're, you're, He will be born on Christmas Day. And I thought, wow. I knew my wife was pregnant. Maybe he heard that from staff, which is unlikely in that environment. It's possible. So the crux of it would be, would my son be born on Christmas Day? Well, he was born on January 7th. So go forward 11 years. It was really bothering me, and I was in Colorado at this time, and I had epiphany. First was a declaration that I didn't have faith. Then there was a declaration that I needed to trust in God. And Maybe this was a test of faith. So, on a leap of faith, I Googled Christmas Day and January 7th, and lo and behold, (laughs) a lot of stuff came up. Uh Turns out we use the Roman calendar, the the Julian calendar, but there's a Christian calendar called the Gregorian calendar, which the Orthodox Church still uses. And Christmas Day is January 7th. Oh, right. Exactly. I, so what what it. do I do with that? Um, I was, at that time, you know, going to a standard Christian church, and my Christian friends would say, better be careful, Doc, you know, it might be from the devil. Oh. I thought to myself, well, the devil doesn't encourage me to trust in God. No. And I knew about a website called Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, or NDERF, and there, right now, there's over 4,000 anonymous accounts uh, and standardized questions in which um, the owners of the website do research. And so I started reading those, and it was like pieces in a puzzle fitting together. They all were saying sort of the same things. They were all different and unique, but the underlying elements were the same. And I learned more and more and more. And uh, then I, I wrote my first book.
2: Well, so were you were you were you were just reading these accounts. This was your pastime uh, in your off in your off hours. You would go and read that. Did were you taking notes? Uh, oh, absolutely. How were you, so you were doing this basically as disciplined research.
3: Yes, yes. And this research is where um, a lot of my information comes from the book, from my books, including the Jesus book, because there's lots of NDE accounts from the NDERF website involving Jesus.
2: Are there other religious figures too?
3: Occasionally. Not too often. I have not read anything about Muhammad. I've read only one or two about Buddha in passing. Now, I will have to say, though, that the research is skewed towards Western countries. Right, right. Uh, But there are countries represented all over the world on this website. Anybody from all over the world, uh, can submit their NDE. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, submissions from China and uh, from the Middle East and, and places like that. But still, predominantly, they come from Europe, South America, North America, Australia. So, all right, so,
2: so understanding then, you um, the, the sort of, basically put it all together. And your purpose, I believe, you, you told me at one point was to try to understand death in the afterlife, right?
3: Absolutely. Um, I'll try to understand it, and then uh, I believe I have I'm now a mission to share it with others, to let them know that death does not exist, that everybody is loved, and everybody has a purpose and a mission. And if I could get that message out to people, uh, then I think that I'm fulfilling one of my missions that God gave me. Well clearly he had
2: so he was calling you to do something with the little with the science he was giving you back then. I think that's,
3: yes, that's and, quite and, clear. and interestingly, for somebody who come up from a scientific background, I've received a lot of more spiritually transformative experiences um, subsequently once I started writing. So well for example, it's been a very interesting journey.
2: What else has happened in your life? Because many people ask me how they can have these experiences or how they'll recognize them. So what else has happened in your life that was transformative?
3: Well, um, probably almost on a weekly basis, I would receive something either in dream or during that state between wakefulness and dream called the hypnagogic state. Right. And I would get images of light and of... Uh, usually involving light and and different kinds of imagery. And they're very symbolic, so I have to go and kind of figure it out. Uh, But they usually involve my writing or my life. Uh, So I feel very much guided since that point, Uh, which is very interesting because I never received anything like this before I started my work. I didn't believe it was even possible.
2: Well, of course, but you're wonderfully open-minded for someone with a scientific background. I have to say that, and and I'd like to just say briefly to the people listening that your your spirit guides often communicate with you just the way apparently his guides are communicating with Roy, um, with with um, messages with uh, images uh, during that period between waking and sleeping so so clearly you're on the path you're supposed to be on sir that seems to be exactly right and coming at this from a different perspective than many afterlife researchers many of them wouldn't use NDEs but as I say having read your your first book it gave you a remarkably close uh, uh, approach to what we've discovered from an entirely different direction which to me is again wonderful proof that it's all real um, Absolutely. So, so let, let's talk about Jesus now. You say he's very common in NDEs.
3: Yes, in fact, Jesus is the most commonly seen spiritual being during a near-death experience. Now bear in mind there are many, many, many types of spiritual beings that are seen. Right. Uh, so the first is Jesus, the second most frequently seen is God, and the third are kind of more angelic beings and then probably their father or mother or something like that. Yes. Uh, So Jesus plays a prominent role in many people's near-death experiences, uh, where other religious figures are much more rare, uh, other than, of course, God. Uh, So I ask myself, what does this mean? Why is Jesus being seen so frequently? It must mean something. And nobody had written a book on that. Uh, so I think, thought, well, um, this would be a great uh, thing to write about.
2: Now, one thing I should just say to listeners is that. The dead tell us that God never appears as an individual or as a person. Um, there's, There's no anthropomorphic God. They insist to us. But he does often appear that way as a man or as a male. But sometimes he also appears as light, right, in NDEs?
3: Yes. In fact, I would say that Jesus also appears very frequently as light. From the best I could tell, he appears about half the time just as pure light. Sometimes coming from the light of God, which is everywhere, God God doesn't usually show up as a man if he does, or uh, it's it's for somebody's benefit, but almost always God appears as a, a, a light, but they realize that this light is only a part of God, that God is actually infused in everything, even yes. within us.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, that that's that, the same thing that the dead say. But all right, now I hear someone driving a car saying, "Well, how does he know it's Jesus if it's just light?
3: How do people know it's good, Jesus?" That's a great question. They recognize Jesus from knowing him from long ago. That Jesus is uh, a being that uh, they 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 know from who knows how far back. And so, many so, people who have near death experiences say that they're, we're all very old, and this is not our first lifetime.
2: Yes, so so that's great. What they're saying is, when I was in what we think of as the afterlife, although actually it's real life, I knew Jesus, and that's how I recognized him. That's beautiful. That's by, absolutely
3: by wonderful. By his energy. Yes. By his energy signature, which, interestingly, they say is higher than the other spiritual beings around them. Uh, whether it's family members or other angels, ec- except for the light of God, Jesus is the most pure, vibrant energy uh, that they sense up there. So but
2: that's, see, that's exciting to me because that's the kind of thing that the dead would tell us. That's why I love this. It's all so consistent, even though it's coming from such a different, different source. That's wonderful.
3: Yes, that's, and and that's I would hope it would be because. This gives just inner reliability uh, can give us great confidence in what we're doing.
2: Yes, yeah, no, its it's very exciting. Does Jesus speak to people generally when he appears?
3: Almost always. is almost he say? always. Um, many times when people see family members or other angelic beings, they are usually said, well, you have more work to do, you need to go back. Because we all have one or two, three, four missions. Yes. There's, purposes, there's purpose and reason why we're here on earth. And just quickly as a side, what that purpose is, is to learn what we lack in love.
2: Yes, to, to learn more perfect love. Yes, Jesus said that too. So he talks yes. to them about that. He says, you know, you, you should go back and learn better love.
3: Well, Jesus, uh, unlike the other beings, will often tell a person where they may be going wrong. Oh, really? That's something I notice. That they, and Jesus, a lot of times, will tell them that they're perfect in their imperfection.
2: Oh, my goodness. I love that. That's beautiful.
3: In fact, one thing he said, at least in a few indies that I read, he said... God shines through your cracks. <laughs>
2: through your imperfections. Well, we would hope that would be
3: true. I'm not sure it always
2: is, but that's exciting. So does he, does he give them missions? Does he say go back and do this or that? Does he give them directions? Sometimes.
3: Not very specific direction because that would violate free will. True. That's true. So I'll read one for you. This woman asked Jesus, do you hate me because I am a drug addict?
2: I I have to. I think we should start this after the break because I don't want to to interrupt it. But um, I I hope that you're all finding this interesting. Jesus, it turns out, according to the dead, is everywhere. He's everywhere in the afterlife. And and clearly he's everywhere in NDEs. This is Roberta Grimes on Seek Reality, and we're going to be right back.
4: Ancient prophecies, legends, and current events indicate we're entering a high-frequency era supporting enlightenment. During expansive times, old rules fail, necessitating access to the ever-shifting currents of life for guidance. There's an ancient form of shamanism through which we can obtain the information we need. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School, with a great new provision for those interested in spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow, is an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes designed to guide and support you and your family during these times of transition. Embrace the magic. Empower your life. Study Galactic Shamanism at findyourpathhome.com.
0: For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. And I'm here with my wonderful friend, Roy Hill. Roy, before the break, you were starting to tell us a story about a woman. Why don't you tell that story?
3: Yes, so this woman asked Jesus up, up in the spiritual realm, do you hate me because I am a drug addict? And Jesus said, no, I only want you to know that I love you. Oh, there's no. other things said, and then he stated to set, started to set me down. I said, please don't leave me. And he said, I will never give you more than you can handle. And I was back in my body. So in this case, Jesus was a father figure to this person, and that's the way she saw it. Yes. And another person says, the voice said he was Jesus and my father. I felt a tremendous sense of paternal love, which was odd afterwards because I was brought up in a single-parent family having never had a father.
5: Right. The voice who called
3: himself, Jesus asked me, well, how do you think you did? I paused and giggled and said, much like my school report really could have done better. The voice said, so what do you want to do? If you look at both of those cases, Jesus never condemned the drug addict or the girl or or the woman who did not do well in life. Right. But as the perfect father gave him a choice. What do you want to do? Or I won't give you any more than you can handle. So there's so much great love without condemnation from Jesus that I think is very important to emphasize with people, who, who especially for those who believe that if you don't believe a certain way or, or you're not good enough, you're going to go to hell. And that's never the case with Jesus.
2: No, yeah that that's the beautiful thing about the Jesus that people know in the afterlife as well. Um, there's no condemnation, there's no um judgment, and there's only love um, He especially greets children very often because sometimes they don't have uh, someone that they would know who is a relative to greet them, so Jesus will come and greet them, and he'll often be very playful, uh, and the children uh you know love him so I it, it, what a what a gorgeous being we're told that when he came to earth he was from the very top of the Godhead he actually was able to be God on earth that's how advanced this being is a truly unique being and that's what you're saying too you're saying his energy is higher than anyone else's
3: yes some say that he's higher than uh, the angels uh, every, every yes. being except for God the vibration is more higher and pure
2: yes yeah which is which is nice. some people do see the Buddha in uh, especially in Asian lands where where that would be what they would expect to see. Very often the experience because people are coming back if they've had an nde, um, it seems that very often what they try to do is to give it a, a supportive and uh, sort of familiar kind of 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 experience in the near death experience, so that it will not traumatize people. That there was Absolutely. a young child. There was a young child. I think the book is called Heaven Is for Real, and it's all full of religious imagery. Well, he was the son of a pastor. They they took what he would expect. And they gave it to him. They must have a lot of fun doing this, actually. They gave him all these experiences he would expect. But they are experiences no one ever has in the actual afterlife. It was just important not to shake this little child's worldview. That's how loving this whole thing is. It's beyond amazing how loving it is.
3: Very loving.
2: And and one thing you said to me was sometimes Jesus appears as a rainbow. Yes,
3: yes. Um... I had a one of my visions is was Jesus was coming down with a rainbow, and that fits with other people who actually see Jesus with rainbow eyes, which is on the cover of my book, or other themes of rainbow, rainbows involving Jesus, and I have a hypothesis what that means. What? Well, uh, if you notice in heaven, everything is white. Yes. All the frequencies, all the possibilities, everything of existence can be um, um, thought of in this white light, because white is all frequencies. What happens when you put a white light through a prism? You have a rainbow. Right. So you break up all these frequencies into their individual components, and that's Jesus. So Jesus can relate to your frequencies.
2: Oh, you know, isn't that to My
3: frequencies. Yes. To other frequencies. Yes. And you alluded earlier to children. And I've read many NDEs involving children in Jesus. And Jesus will relate to them as children.
0: Yes.
3: He he rides uh, eagles with them or swims with dolphins. <laughs> And does fun things like this. Yes. He he does so many fun things. And the the, um, NDE that I just read was Jesus as a father. Yes. But Jesus also presents as a brother. Yes. And even a mother.
2: What's so What's interesting too is that he tries to look familiar to people. Um, there, there was there's a story about a completed death a, a child. Um, we told this story to the person who was speaking uh, through a, a, a trans, deep trance medium, and the child had had such a wonderful time with Jesus. He was a little blonde boy, and Jesus came to him. As a blonde with a blonde beard, so he would be able to relate. The boy would see him as familiar, as someone maybe of his almost his own family. Nearly always, Jesus uh, appears with somewhat darker skin and maybe hazel or brown eyes. But he had blue eyes and blonde hair for that little boy. Didn't you think that's?
3: Yeah, sweet? absolutely. I, I think Jesus as a brother is very interesting. We often put Jesus as a pedestal right people worship Jesus but during near death experiences people don't worship Jesus Jesus doesn't seem to be wanting to be worshiped That's right And yes. many people will say there's a unity even though Jesus uh has, has more experience in fact Howard Storm when he asked Jesus if he's who he said he was he said yes I've been in every planet in space and time Yes uh, so that that's something I probably have not done. I'm sure I haven't. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I could say, well, Jesus is way above us. But then and then again, other people will say, Jesus is an expression of God consciousness, just as you and I are expressions of God consciousness. He's the son of God, but I'm also a son of God, and you're a daughter of God. Or another we're another to all set have God. God consciousness. Within. Yes, yes. Jesus is, so, Jesus. Jesus is unique.
2: Jesus is but but and from the the top of the Godhead. But it's a very important point you're making. Jesus does not want to be worshipped. Jesus wants to share in our growing love. He's part of that love. He doesn't want to be on a pedestal. You're absolutely right about that. That's what the dead tell us, too. That's every experience anyone's ever had with the real Jesus. Absolutely.
3: And so if I can read one NDE real quickly. Yes. uh, This person asked Jesus, what is your relationship to me? Jesus said, I am your brother. Next I ask, I know that's what the Bible says, so it's true then. Jesus said, yes, I am your brother. We have the same blood running through our veins. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be there for you. Never, ever forget who you are. Yes. So Jesus is our perfect older brother. In fact, a Jewish uh, doctor, when he had his near-death experience, he saw Jesus, and he asked, Are you the being called Jesus? With a warm, soft sense of love and laughter, he replied back, I am called many names, however, because of your background, Jewish background, that is, you can call me Big Brother. Oh, I will call you my little Prince of Peace, and his name is Shalom. So.
2: Oh, that's lovely. Oh that's
3: beautiful. Isn't that lovely?
2: It is. It really is. But that's what one of the things I think we want to stress about near death experiences is that they're overwhelmingly so loving. The people come who come back are transformed. I think not even so much by these wonderful experiences as by the very air they breathe is perfect love. Everything around them is love. They suddenly are aware that love is really all that exists. Don't you think that's what really helps to transform people who have had an NDE?
3: Oh, you you hit the nail on the head. Um, that's exactly what's transforming. Many NDEers say it's like being in the swimming pool of love where every particle they're being is love. Yes, and that if you could add all the love in a lifetime, it wouldn't equal a second up in that realm. And of course, yes. they don't want to come back.
2: No, <laughs> right? No, but but, uh, but some of them have to though. They're told you really have to go back, but some, some are, are given, given a tr-
3: choice, and some right. are, are not given really any choice. Um, it depends if they fulfilled their missions in life, um, and we of course we don't know about those who didn't didn't choose. Yes. So there was one NDE where this person was in a boat, and there was two islands. One was a garbage skull, just garbage and filth, and the other one was this tropical paradise, and she had a choice to go to one of the two islands. She went to the garbage uh, heap because her daughter was there, and that was Earth. And a lot of people come back
2: for their family and their children. Yes, yes. Um, Especially mothers, that seems to be the case. But but as you point out, the people who were given the choice and chose to stay, we we don't even know how that choice was made or what they they were told or what they said. Um, We only know really about the people who have come back. But um, this near-death experiences are such a gift to us because... The fact that there are so many of them, what percentage of people, say in the United States or in the world, have had these experiences? It's high, isn't it?
3: Several percent? Yeah, it ranges from 3 to 7%. So 5% of the United States population, which is about 300 million, oh. is 15 million people have had near-death experiences. And yeah. that's got to be transformative. You can't stop a force like that.
2: No, no. No, that's right. And people who have have had this experience know that their minds are eternal, and more and more that awareness. I think is is something we're all, even people who have not done this research, are beginning to accept. Because, as you say, there's so many people who have this certainty. It's it's just um, all around us. Uh, are people who have had this experience and are thrilled to share it. So, um, I think that's the great gift from near death experiences. We can find out about what happens after death in other ways but there's nothing like the the, the great, great trove of near-death experiences that, that, that have been had now there's nothing like that to help to convince us that our minds are eternal and to me that's why I love them I'm very, very happy that these are now coming to us in such numbers
3: they are increasing numbers too
2: so uh, is there, we, we have a little bit before the break. Is there something in particular you want people to know about NDEs that they, they might not know? Other than the love thing, that's big.
3: Well, um, I, I think, you know, they, they tell us really, who, all, they answer the, the biggest questions in existence. Who are we? What's yes. our purpose? What is the meaning of life? Why are we on Earth? Uh, who 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 are we in terms of um, uh, you know our relationship to God or, or Jesus? Uh, they just answer so many big questions, and then once people start realizing that these questions are answered, there's no reason to fear anymore. That's that's not to fear. fear death, not to fear their lives either. We're, we're, we're going to have to
2: take a break, Roy, but okay. that, that's crucial. We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is Roberta Grimes with Roy Hill on Seek Reality.
4: The Earth is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations, yet viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself, finding safe passage through challenging times? I'm Gwelda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with Great News, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family.
1: Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling two one three four zero one zero zero eight zero courtesy of audio now no smartphone app or internet needed it saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes call two one three 401-0080 to listen on any phone anytime, anywhere Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal parapsychology and sci-fi radio programming anywhere 24-7-365
6: Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time?
4: truth. Historically, we viewed things as either being true or false. Now, as we enter a more expansive era, we find the question is not, is it true, but rather, how true is it? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of the Science of Magic Radio, a syndicated, internationally broadcast radio program dedicated to uncovering this ever-expanding truth. Join me daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview today's leading experts from the fields of science and magic, to uncover the hidden truth between the lines drawn in the sand. What we unearth in our discussions is not only amazing, but totally unprecedented. You won't want to miss a single episode. In service to our listeners, past episodes can always be found on our website with our compliments at thescienceofmagic.net.
2: This is Roberta Grimes on Seek Reality, and my guest today is Dr. Roy L. Hill. And he has done something which I think is really wonderful. He uses a wealth of near death experiences to try to better understand what reality is, what you know, heaven is, what's really going on, and he's done a wonderful job of it. I have to say I'm very impressed with it. But the two things we talked about at the end of the last segment are so critical to, to really sum up, to me, everything about NDEs. They teach us our minds are eternal. Three things, actually. They teach us our minds are eternal. They teach us that love is really all that exists. Once we get beyond the material level, there's nothing but love. And finally, as Roy pointed out at the end of the last segment, they take away fear because when you understand that your mind is eternal and that everything is love, there's no way you can fear. Fear is the opposite of love; it just it banishes it from people's minds and it makes them very happy. So, um, and and people don't have to be dying, right, Roy? I mean, there are some people who have these experiences, uh, and they're not. Uh, in, in danger, right then. Uh, They—they're just—they seem to be something that uh, is ineffable. Sometimes people just—there's no reason why people have had these experiences.
3: What percentage? Yeah, people Have spiritually transformative experiences that are very NDE like um, yes. People who have comas, like Evan Alexander, some of your listeners may be familiar with him, was in a coma when he had his near-death experience. So there are. Different scenarios where this plays out. And I believe that um, the divine is in charge of all that. And it's hard when for you, us when, to when know say, who experiences what and when.
2: When you say the divine, I, probably you're talking about the guides of, of these people and helping people who are helping them to have the experiences that they need to have.
3: Yeah, this, I would say the guides, but I think everything goes through God ultimately, since God is everything.
2: God is everything, and there really is no distinction between your you, your guides, and God. We are all part of the same eternal being, the same eternal mind. It's absolutely. I love talking with you because I always think ahead of time. Oh, it's about NDEs, and that's an area where A, I'm not very expert, and B, I'm skeptical. And and what turns out to be the case, however, is that that whenever we talk, everything is just beautiful. It all, it all. We, you and I agree on everything.
3: Absolutely. So absolutely. So what, There's one thing uh, I wanted to piggyback on when I was talking about fear. Um, People suffer in life. This is tough. Earth is a school. It's a tough school that we have to go through. Yes. And it's easy to fear. It's easy to get depressed. It's easy to get discouraged when things don't go right. But it's all done out of love because we... We have to grow, and think about all the times you've grown most in life. It's probably not out of good things that have happened or pleasant things, but out of adversity, out of mistakes that have been made. And in heaven, there are no mistakes. There's no death. There's no conflict. So if, if we have to learn, for instance, how to forgive we're not going to learn that in heaven. No. Because there's nobody to forgive. Right. We have to learn in places like Earth where people hurt us and we have the chance to, to forgive. Or sacrifice, which Jesus, I believe, his death on the cross really teaches us how to emulate sacrifice. That's true. And sacrifice is such a an amazing part of love it's one thing to sacrifice for a friend to, to help them with something but what about sacrificing for a parent for instance who has alzheimer's degree the disease where they have to quit their job and take care of this elderly parent and watch their faculties go away you can shake your fist at god and say why me and the answer is because you chose it because you chose to learn these lessons about sacrifice and so many other things, humility and on and on and on, all the things that make up love.
2: I'm so glad you're saying that because I tell people this all the time, why do bad things happen to good people? Because when we're in the afterlife, we feel powerful and since there's no time there, we think our life that we're just planning now will be over in a heartbeat. And so we plan all this tough stuff into our lives and people who later say I never would have chosen this, well... You did choose it, and it's a great gift you can give yourself to to seriously undertake those lessons, learn all you can from them. You'll be so glad when you go back home. Uh, because you'll be able to maybe achieve a much higher level of the afterlife than you would have been able to otherwise. Taking those lessons seriously, even though they're painful, is, is, is I think, very important. I'm going to do a whole program on that at some point, because so many people complain to me that they never would have planned the life they've been living, and we all, we all know otherwise.
3: Yes, absolutely. And you know what's beautiful, though, uh, Roberta, is that when people do go up there, some people have group of, of of loved ones, uh, thousands of, of beings celebrate their return.
2: Yes, All that's living. that's part of what's fun about going home. You, you never, we're a celebrity here, you're a celebrity there. The people... I mean, you, you come back like a conquering hero after having lived a good life on Earth. And it's a, they'll give you a parade. Uh, there there are statues. It's amazing. That's a, I'm glad you pointed that out, too. See, that's another thing you probably find in NDEs, which I didn't even realize you did find in NDEs, because we know it happens in the genuine afterlife. Very exciting. All of this is so exciting and all good news. So how can people reach you, Roy?
3: Well, I have a website. And it's called near-death, dot com.
2: Okay, that's near-death, one word, and then it's E-X-P-P-S-Y,
3: experience E-X-Y. in psychology. So okay. near dot oh, okay. com.
2: Okay, all right. Well, that's, that's great. And uh, so what, what do you want people most to take away from our little time together today?
3: Well, um, I want to, them to know that they're, they're greatly loved. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, that, and that Jesus is real. Uh, and that Jesus loves them too. And, and uh, it's not a Jesus where you have to believe in or go to hell. Uh, no, people there's of no all hell. different faiths and backgrounds uh, can see Jesus and uh, nobody is being, um, you know, talked down to, or, or felt guilty, um, they're all, di- we all have different paths up the same mountain.
2: Well, that's what, that's wonderful. And see, that's what exactly what I would say too. That's one of the reasons I love talking with you. I, I, we, we've come to the same place from just very different directions, but it's been so good to have you with us today. Roy L. Hill, he's a, he's a psychologist. He's a very deep thinker about these things and he, his books are wonderful. Um, Psychology and the Near Death Experience, and Jesus and the Near Death Experience. We'll have you back again. So, thank you so much. Please consider yourself hugged, Roy.
3: Thank you. You too.
2: This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could join us today. And never forget that you, you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it really does change everything in your life for the better. Next week, we'll be talking with the great British consciousness researcher Lynn McTaggart. There are a very few experts in this field that I've been trying to bring to you for years without success, and Lynn McTaggart tops that list. She is a first-rate researcher. She's written some wonderful books, and it was her 2008 masterpiece. Actually, that was a reissue of the book, The Field. The Quest for the Secret Force of the Universe. It was that book that was one of the keys that helped me finally put the physics of reality together. So I'm so grateful. I've been trying to get her actively for, what, more than a year, and we finally now she's going to be with us next week. She's just out with a new book called The Power of Eight, Harnessing the Miraculous Energies of a Small Group to Heal Others, your life, and the world. This book is a real winner. I'm excited about it. I, we, we won't even be able to cover it all in one sitting. So I certainly hope she'll come back and talk two or three times with us. A wonderful, wonderful woman, wonderful scientist and researcher, and her work is just extraordinary. So you really are going to love what Lynn McTaggart has to say. Please join us next week. This week, of course, our guest has been Dr. Roy L. Hill. I really love this guy. He has worked as a clinical psychologist for more than two decades, and he has a very strong clinical interest in near-death experiences. He's one of the very few people with a scientific mind who is open-minded enough to look at things like NDEs and take them at face value, and his work is wonderful. I really recommend his books. Part of what I love about working with him, of course, is whenever I find people who have approached from a totally different direction and have arrived at all the same places I've arrived, it's just further Further uh, justification, further verification—that all this work that we're doing, all of these researchers—we're all coming to the same place. It's all real. This is what happens when you find reality. So it's very exciting. And what I love too is that he's very indulgent of me. He and I have had arguments about uh, near-death experiences, but he's very patient with me. Lovely man. So please do do read his books. And as you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, my Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, and The Fun of Living Together. You can find them in bookstores, on Amazon, in 34 languages worldwide. And, of course, if you want to talk about anything at all, just go to RobertaGrimes.com and send me a contact through the website, I do answer all my emails. Just make sure you give me your email because I've written some long ones, and then hit send only to find that the person maybe gave put in a wrong digit and the, the email didn't go through. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on WebTalkRadio.net on iTunes through the Seek Reality app, and earlier um, episodes are available on from our wonderful friends at Dream Vision Seven Radio. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you, in particular, you are a powerful, eternal being, and you are infinitely loved.